We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Prime Point Show, Week 18. Sorry about last week. This is the cursed show of all shows I've been on uh, in Roto Grinders over the years. There are uh, technical weather, fires, uh, electrical outages, uh, sickness. We've got the gang back together for Week 18. We're going to try to put together at least a week or two for the playoffs as well. Uh, back with Graham, back with Jake. Uh, Jake, what's going on? It's been, uh, I feel like uh, I barely know you guys. We've aged. <laughs> we all have like 14 children and, and things like that over the past two weeks. Yeah, not much, man. I'm uh, I'm glad to be back. I'm excited for the the playoffs. We're finally in the home stretch here and we get to see the uh, the best football of all coming up, which is playoff football, of course. Let's yeah. go. Well, depends which teams end up making the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, oh, that is that in just a minute. Uh, Graham, what's going on? Not much. Yeah, I'm really glad I don't have 14 kids. That sounds like a lot of trouble. Not want to um, do that, no. Yeah, no, that that does not sound like a good time. Uh, I'm good though. Yeah, it's uh, good to talk ball as always with you guys. Uh, yeah, week 18 is always always a lot of fun. There's actually not a terrible slate, and I think we're gonna probably talk mostly playoff scenarios and motivation, all that good stuff. But yeah, week 18, it's always a fun slate. I always feel like we have a pretty strong edge too. Just 
you know, kind of cutting through the noise and just really following the news following who's going to be out there. Uh, I always, I always love week 18 weirdly. Yeah. I, I like doing, uh, I also like the, I think we get an edge doing the show on Tuesdays because it, it forces us to put our thoughts out there on paper, uh, out into the airways for people and actually put, you know, a legitimate thought process. So we don't sound like bumbling idiots on the show. Uh, but yeah, I, I always love doing the show on Tuesdays and it's been great. Uh, again, we'll uh, try to get something together for you guys in the playoffs. Uh, what we've always been doing this season uh, is our takeaway segment, and I'm gonna I'm gonna scrap my takeaway. We're gonna let the other two talk about theirs because it's week 18. We've talked about this. Week 18 is a different animal in both fantasy and sports betting than the general week. So uh, if we want to bring up the screen share here, uh, I, I want to talk motivation, and there's a lot of weather this week too. So before you start hammering in bets, before you start uh, taking props and things like that, you got to get the weather uh, in there. So. Motivational-wise, uh, we'll just start at the top. I'm going to go through every game as fast as I can. Steelers-Ravens, Baltimore, nothing to play for. Maybe that's positive. Uh, Steelers uh, like them uh, to basically give a full go in this game. Uh, a must, well, not a, I don't know if it's a must-win, but they're going to be doing everything they can to win this early game on Saturday. Colts-Texans, no weather. It's in a dome. Both teams going all out to win. Basically, you win, you're in in the playoff scenario for them. So I want to make sure to target them. Uh, if you're playing, uh, I, I'm doing a lot of the Saturday through Sunday contests. I think there's going to be an edge in those. Uh, check your slates for that. Uh, the Texans, Colts, someone you're going to want to target in them. Uh, Browns, Bengals, Bengals uh, eliminated, but don't expect them to lay down uh, for a rival Browns. The Browns have nothing to play for. Uh, just a, a strange game. Uh, not too much weather, a little bit of wind. It's going to be cold, uh, but just you're going to have to see how the teams are going to come at that one uh, through reports a little bit later in the week. Jets, Patriots. I mean, I, I see bad weather. I see 20 mile per hour winds. I, I see the Jets Patriots are just going to pass on everything in that game. No, thank you. Uh, Buccaneers, Panthers, Panthers uh, got shut out last week. Buccaneers playing for everything here. They have to win this game. Expect them to be going all out. Weather looks pretty good uh, for a game in mid-December. So uh, definitely going to want to maybe target a couple of those Buccaneers. Lions, Vikings, a strange game. Uh, Vikings, very, very, like mathematically, there's a chance they can make the playoffs. It's very slim. Lions basically locked into their seed. Uh, you're going to have to pay attention to the, the coach speak on this one. I'm not betting it. I'm not really able to talk about any of the players in that game because I have no idea what either team's going to do. So currently we're going to gloss over that one. Falcons, Saints, Saints, everything to play for. Expect them to do whatever they can to win. Falcons uh, eliminated from the playoffs, but I, I'm, I'm basically expecting them to be a full go. Arthur Smith, uh, he's probably gone, but he thinks he could probably coach for his job, and you're going to expect to see the Falcons starters out, out there, I think, for the whole game. Uh, Jaguars, Titans, uh, reasonably good weather. Jaguars, everything to play for. They, I think it is a, a win and you're in scenario for them, so expect Jacksonville to be a full go. Uh, Eagles, Giants, Eagles again. Uh, they, they're going to, what is it? They can win and get the number two seed if Dallas loses, which I think is uh, highly unlikely. They play at the same time. Maybe a little bit later in the game, if Dallas is up, you know, 24 to three or something, and it's the end of the third quarter, maybe you'll see the Eagles pull their starters, something to pay attention to. I expect the Giants to roll out Tyrod Taylor and basically a, be a full go trying to spoil the Eagles chances of getting uh, that number two seed. Broncos Raiders, neither team anything to play for. Uh, but I would expect probably both teams to, to be full go with whatever they decide to run out there at offense. That's another one you're going to have to pay attention to later in the week. Chiefs Chargers, Chargers, uh, Ick, don't want to play any one of them. Uh, maybe you do. We'll have to think about it a little later in the week. Chiefs, nothing to play for. Uh, maybe you can pick up uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. We'll talk about him a little bit. If he's, you know, if they sit Pacheco, McKinnon's still on the IR. 
Uh, maybe he's the guy you want to play here. But the, the lack of, you know, the, the Kansas City Chiefs starters have had trouble on offense. Do you really want to play the backups? Probably not. Might have to think hard at that one. Cowboys, Commanders, Cowboys, everything to play for, win, and they have the number two seed. That's important. It's against Washington. We've seen how teams have been dicing up Washington. I'm going to want to pay attention to that one from a DFS perspective. Uh, Seahawks, Cardinals, Seahawks, everything to play for, but uh, Arizona being feisty to close out the season. I could also see them roll out their starters for the full game here. I would expect that. Um, So, yeah, Seattle, uh, everything to play for in that one. Uh, Bears, Packers, Packers are going to be trying to win. Uh, Bears, I, I think I saw someone thinking the Bears might be trying to play spoiler here for the Packers. We'll talk about that one in a little bit, but Packers will be going full go with whatever they're, uh, I think everybody's questionable, uh, except Romeo Dobbs from the receiving crew, so we'll have to see how that one plays out. 49ers, Rams, another one you're going to want to pay attention to. Neither team really anything to play for, basically locked into their positions. I have to see what the coach speak is on that one. Uh, if Elijah Mitchell is you know, a full go and he's expected to play the whole game. Even without some of the other starters there from the 49ers, you're probably going to want to take a long look at him in DFS. And then Sunday night, the game of the week, Bills Dolphins playing for the AFC East. The Bills at this point, it might be a win and you're in for Buffalo. Um, if, if I think if it's like the Steelers win and if there's another team that wins, um, the Bills are going to have to win this game to be the either two seed or not even make the playoffs. It's pretty crazy. Uh, so expect both teams to be giving it their all. Uh, 70 degrees, a little bit of wind, maybe a little bit of rain. We'll have to see how that plays out. So I am now out of breath with my takeaway section. I am no micro machines man, uh, but I wanted to give you guys a rundown in case this is your first podcast on Roto-Grinders, your first uh, information dump of the week on everything that's going on weather-wise and both uh, situational-wise. So uh, with that out of the way, Jake, a couple of your takeaways heading into week 18 as we close out the season. Yeah, I mean the big one for me is what what are we gonna do with comeback player of the year? I I thought, you know, before the season started that DeMar Hamlin was a lock as mm-hmm. long as he made the bills and played a snap. He made the team, he's played a snap, and yet Joe Flacco is sitting at plus one hundred to win comeback player of the year because he leads the NFL in passing yards per game and he's the only passer to go for over three hundred yards against the Jets, who, you know, by all of my metrics are one of the best pass defenses we've seen in the last half decade or so. Um, so I still think DeMar Hamlin should win the award just because what he did is totally miraculous, but I can't even believe it's close. I mean, it's just, it's blowing my mind. I, I, I'm on the opposite side. I would hundred, if I had a vote, I would take Joe Flacco for sure. What you do on the field. I, I know what happened to DeMar Hamlin on the field, um, being resuscitated and all that, but what you do on the NFL field for a productive team, I think matters more to me for an award. I'm, I'm yeah. you know, obviously very happy about Demar Hamlin, but what Joe Flacco has done, he's turned that franchise around. And I can't believe, I think we've talked to this, the ability of teams to not realize the players they have and sit them second string, third string on the depth chart. What was Mason Rudolph doing sitting behind Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett all year? What was Joe Flacco doing not on a team? What was, uh, Ty Chandler not doing as the starting running back for Minnesota all season. So these teams can't really evaluate the own talent on their roster, let alone the guys are sitting at home uh, eating Pizza Hut or whatever, or watching watching football on Sunday. So I would take Joe Flacco. Uh, I understand the Hamlin. Graham, you got a tiebreaker or anyone else? I mean, it's definitely between those two right now. No, I, I'm with you. I think it should be Flacco. Um, that was actually one of my takeaways. I think the Browns are going to beat whoever wins the AFC South. I think they just straight up are the better team and the, as the five seed. They're locked into the five. Uh, so they're going to play, you know, Jacksonville controls their own destiny. Uh, destiny. So if they win, 
they, they're going to win the NFC South, but if they lose in the, um, it'll be the Colts Texans winner. So I, straight up, I just prefer the Browns. As how, how about this AFC champion? I just pulled it up. Browns yeah. plus 2000. I already, I bet that already, but I think that's a, just to win the AFC plus 2000 seems pretty reasonable on the Browns. Wow. Yeah. Like who do I mean, they honestly, the Ravens. Yeah. yeah the Ravens can... and the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. They're the top. I think Ravens Dolphins are like clear cut. The, the, class of the AFC speaking of class of conferences I think the Rams are they're not the class of the NFC obviously but they're probably the third best team in the NFC right now I mean they're gonna be a huge problem as the six or seven seed I was on the Rams weeks and weeks ago when Stafford kind of started balling I'm gonna keep uh, hammering the Rams as you were noting I, I don't think we're gonna see much of Stafford or Purdy in that game but uh, Rams is a six seed seven seed uh, I'm gonna be all over uh, going into next week, I just think Stafford is playing at a basically a career high level. And like, if you were just to make like a back half of the season MVP, I think he would probably be right there with with Dak and with Lamar. Uh, he's playing as well as anybody, and I'm just going to keep riding, keep riding Rams, man. I mean, that's yeah. that's kind of it hasn't it hasn't burned us yet. The Stafford props played us well. I am burnt. How many guys did the Rams have to tackle that guy in the punt return last week? I cannot believe I lost. My Rams minus four and a half on that stupid punt return touchdown, but it is it is what it is. Yeah, they could uh, they couldn't close out that game last week. They, oh, I mean, that, they had so many opportunities in the fourth quarter to close that game out. But uh, yeah, Giants yeah. Giants are playing feisty. But again, they got lucky the week before with a, a lot of big plays. And I guess Tyrod Taylor does give you that big deep throw. He did it again, uh, and we'll talk about Tyrod Taylor in a little bit. But yeah, can't believe I'm I, I, we didn't have the show last week. Thank goodness because the Rams. Uh, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm I don't know. I'm, I'm sour grapes about them uh, losing my dog on that one. Uh, all right, so there's a couple takeaways for us and a rundown of some of the situational uh, things you're going to need to know for for NFL. Let's get to our stand segment where we put our foot down and basically we tease you a little bit about something we're going to talk about later in the show. Mine, I there's two games to me standing out in the NFL where I think the books have have the line so wrong. Uh, I've already bet these. They're up on scores and odds. I'm going to talk about them to you guys for the low, low price of free 50, just a little bit. But I just, uh, they're both moving in my favor. So I think other people are starting to catch on too. But I just can't really believe the odds we're getting on a couple of these games right now. Uh, Graham, what are you looking at? Yeah, there's a uh, playoff spoiler that you were alluding to at the top of the show that I like quite a bit. On the road, hot quarterback, hot defense. Uh, We'll talk through in the betting section a little later. I'm just trying to let the people get the bets in before the lines move, right? I'm just I'm trying to help everybody out a little bit before the show. Uh, Jake, what's going on in your mind today? Yeah, it looks like we're finally going to get a chance to play some of these 49ers backups and DFS, and I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, uh, especially Mitchell. You got Mason, too, and we'll have to see what they do on that one. But, yeah, if you get a full any full go, I don't care how many starters, practice squad players or whatever are up there for the 49ers, but you're going to have to take a long look at their running back this week. Uh, all right, before we get to talking DFS, I need to tell you guys about Sim Labs. You can use Sim Labs to generate DFS lineups through the power of simulation. It combines data from every aspect of the slate to churn out lineups that match your preferences. And in just a few clicks, you can have hundreds of well-built, correlated lineups ready for whatever contest type you're playing. Be sure to check out the link in the description for more info. And if you're a premium co- premium subscriber, either Combo or NFL Premium, you should have access to the NFL Sim Labs tool right on Roto-Grinders. Uh, all right, let's talk DFS because uh, I know you like uh, a certain quarterback, I think, Jake, uh, the, the 49ers guy, Sam Darnold. Let's talk him, and then let's maybe talk uh, – I think Tyrod Taylor is also very interesting. I mean, if everybody is lighting up this Philadelphia pass defense, I'm really 
concerned about Philadelphia. I, I think they, you know, as far as fraud teams, we were talking pre-show, you know, I think the chiefs are pretty fraudulent. Um, I think the dolphins, I think I have a different take than Graham. I think the dolphins are a little fraudulent specifically against uh, good teams. I think the Eagles are definitely fraudulent as well in the NFC. Uh, but what would you want Jake here? Cause I'm looking at Tyrod against Philadelphia is cheap and I don't even know, but I'm sure by the end of the week comes around, like you're probably going to want to play CD lamb. He's expensive. So you're going to need a couple cheap players somewhere. Quarterback looks like a good spot. I mean, you could play Jalen Hurts. Um, you're probably not playing any of these other guys that are halter high priced. You can certainly play Justin Fields at 7,200. I know Graham would probably tell you that's an underprice, but I just keep being gravitated all season long, basically on DraftKings, because you needed to scrape every dollar that you can is going to the cheap quarterbacks and they keep providing between Tyrod Taylor. You're going to have Sam Darnold. There's a couple other options as well. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, I, I think I would say, I think the meta this week is going to be paying down at quarterback. I imagine that's going to be your most popular build. I mean, you already touched on Tyrod. He gets the ultimate pass funnel of defense that just can't stop anybody through the air right now. And he's, he's playing pretty well. He has competent deep threats. Um, I, I would lean towards Tyrod as the cash game quarterback if I had to decide today, but you know, I think Sam Darnold could be argued as in that discussion as well. Darnold is priced as the quarterback 19 on DraftKings, and history suggests this is a pretty solid discount. Brock, Purdy is the quarterback six on this slate by DraftKings uh, fantasy points per game and career starts. Jimmy Garoppolo, if you just look at his San Francisco tenure, is the quarterback 16 by DraftKings fantasy points per game and his career starts. So I think the floor with Darnold is, is pretty strong. Like I said, I do think he'll be in the cash game discussion, but I imagine most people will drift towards Tyrod Taylor there. Um, moving beyond quarterback a little bit. Elijah Mitchell had a really great role after Christian McCaffrey went down last week, finished the week with the eighth most expected fantasy points among running backs, despite a 38% snap share, which was just 44th highest. Um, there's the potential for really strong usage here. You did mention Jordan Mason, Britt, but Jordan Mason only played on 20% of the 49er snaps and handled just 15% of touches after Christian McCaffrey went down. So I think it's safe to say this is Elijah Mitchell's backfield. And given the way they've, they've used McCaffrey this year, I don't think there's any reason they'd want to, you know, save Elijah Mitchell for the playoffs. McCaffrey's playing every snap in the playoffs. I think, you know, we, we all accept that. Um, and then, you know, Britt, you already hinted at Clyde Edwards Hilaire, another guy I noted, um, you know, I think he's going to end up as a pretty strong projected value since Kansas city has no motivation to play their starters being locked into the three seed. But, you know, like you said, how good is this offense going to be without Patrick Mahomes, without Rasheed Rice, without Pacheco, without Travis Kelsey? I mean, you know, if Pacheco or, or if uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire projects for decent ownership, I think you could argue this is a pretty strong fade spot because it's easy to see Kansas City just rolling over here. Um, and then, you know, the Rams could rest their starters. McVeigh sort of hinted at it, but, you know, there are, are still some seeding things up in the air. They could end up as the six seed or the seven seed, depending on how these 1 p.m. games go. And if they uh, win or lose, it's, you know, there's a lot up in the air with them, but it's either six or seven seed for the Rams. But I think, you know, regardless of whether or not the Rams are arresting their starters or not, Demarcus Robinson is probably going to end up as a pretty strong value at just 4,500. He's gone over 13.5 DraftKings points in his last five games. And he's second among all players in end zone targets over the last five weeks. He has as many end zone targets as Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua combined over the last five weeks. I mean, I can't believe we're talking about Demarcus Robinson like this in 2023 at the very end of the season. But you know, I think he's going to end up as one of the better DFS plays of the week. 
Yeah, this is Graham's Matthew Stafford second half MVP. If he's being Demarcus Robinson, one of the best wide receivers in the league, you're probably uh, have a have yourself a really good quarterback. Uh, I want like uh, I just wanted to touch on a couple other guys at running back specifically. Uh, what do we've got? We've got Rashad White uh, against Carolina. What more do you want in a must-win game? Uh, had had a clunker last week, but I'm expecting him to bounce back in a big way against Carolina, where literally every running back has a big game. And if he's the only one basically touching the football for them, uh, he should be in store for a big game, a nice uh, mid-tier uh, play at what? Just 70. I know they started to price him up a little bit. Here. I think he's yeah, like 76 for Rashad yeah, White. He's been, he's been underpriced all season. It's 18 straight weeks where he's been underpriced. He's, <laughs> he's literally, Fine, yeah. he's finally almost what he should be after the entire season. Yeah, no, but I mean, he's the best running back play on the slate. I think by far, yeah, I like him um, quite a bit. Yeah. Wide receiver. Uh, I don't see how, how do you make a lineup without CD lamb in it? Right. Because you're going to need to spend some salary somewhere and uh, against Washington, I mean, that one play, right? So that that was the biggest when he had that big touchdown. Uh, I think I saw it was the biggest EPA play in all of football because it should have been a safety. And instead, it's what, a 92-yard touchdown the opposite way? And you, yeah. there really is no other play in football that has a more uh, a bigger swing in, in EPA. But even without that, right, an absolutely monster game. He's tearing it up to close the season. It's against Washington. Everybody else towards the top. I think has some serious question marks. You're going to need salary. CD Lamb, maybe Jake's Demarcus Robinson. You got any other wide receivers, Graham, that we can throw in the mix here? Yeah, uh, just real quick. You know, you were noting at the top that we're probably paying down at quarterback again. We did that last week. Uh, Dak is like the only dude I think I'm paying up for uh, this mm -hmm. week. Uh, it just makes sense with Lamb. Yeah, there's two kind of puke wide receiver values. I just was looking at going through some early projection stuff. Uh, before the show, Richie James is going to play like every snap for the Chiefs with Blaine Gabbert under center. I mean, seriously, uh, go look at Blaine Gabbert's pro fro uh, football reference page uh, <laughs> profile picture and tell me it doesn't make you want to puke a little bit. But Blaine Gabbert's going to be under center. Uh, it'll be Richie James playing a ton. They're, they're going to sit Rice. They'll sit probably Justin Watson. They'll sit NVS. Tony's been hurt. Uh, I'm expecting a lot of Richie James uh, and probably a lot of Clyde Edwards Alaire in that game. Uh, we're also going to get Browns wide receivers super cheap. Obviously, it's P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker has the lowest catchable throw rate, according to our fantasy points data this season. Uh, literally no quarterback has been less accurate than P.J. Walker. However, the Browns, I mean, amen. Uh, they're probably going to have to chuck it. They're huge dogs. I'm with Jake uh, a little later in the show on Bengals. Uh, Cedric Tillman is 3,900. David Bell is 3,400. I prefer Cedric Tillman. I just think he's good at the game. I liked him coming out of college. And he's going to get a featured role. He had a, a season-high route share last week with Amari Cooper out. Um, I like Tillman quite a bit at 39. And Richie James at 3K is like the the two standout uh, wide receiver punts. Jake, what do, you, what do you think about these Niners guys, man? They're all free. Like Ronnie Bell's free. Charlie Warner's free. He's literally min-price. Oh man, that's that's yeah. tough. I I guess I'll I'll kind of like Ronnie Bell probably. I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna have to think about that one a bit more. Yeah. I do love your Cedric Tillman call though. Uh, PJ yeah. Walker for all of his faults does have by far the highest first read target rate of any quarterback, and he targets outside wide receivers at a higher rate than any quarterback. So Cedric Tillman just makes a ton of sense. He you know should be uh, Walker's first read a bunch with no uh, no Cooper, no Njoku. So yeah, I think Cedric Tillman is probably going to end up being my favorite sort of value wide receiver in this range. Nice. 
yeah. week week eighteen DFS where the all the what the preseason rookies from the yeah. and the uh, draft picks, the dynasty draft picks that didn't pan out <laughs> finally get some playing time. Yeah, no, it's perfect. Cedric Tillman <laughs> and CD Lamb teams for all the money, Britt. That's yeah, that's, that's right. That's eighty what's points. Gonna be right there. Week that's eighty yeah. points with Cedric Tillman and CD Lamb right there. That's all you need. Yeah, don't so <laughs> while we are giving these names out, just please, please, please. You're going to need more information yeah. later in the week. You're going to want to watch the shows because teams might sit some players. I'm not even sure. Like if I was the 49ers, I would sit Elijah Mitchell because I don't want that dude getting hurt. Right. So well, you he's got, at, I know I, that was my thought too about this week is I think everybody's going to hype up Mitchell, but like he's had this reoccurring knee issue. Like, you know, I think Jordan Mason's a little dinged up too, but yeah, I'm with you. Like, you know, if, like, if anything, God forbid what happened to CMC, they're going to need Mitchell in the playoffs. Yeah, please. We appreciate you watching and listening. But make sure you watch some of the other shows and read the articles, either on Fantasy Points or on Roto Grinders, a little later in the week. Uh, all right, Dia. Anything like a, a tight end standout? I've got a like Evan Ingram's always good. There's a couple other guys I think with the situation in Jacksonville, he yeah. looks good. Trey McBride certainly always always a big target monster. Anyone else, Jake, we might want to be targeting any dumpster diving, any 2,500 gems at, at tight end? I mean, Noah Gray, right? Like yeah. this this dude smashes whenever Travis Kelsey's out. Harrison Bryant will also be in that conversation as well. I, You know, it looks like there's going to be a lot of sub 3,500 tight ends that project mm -hmm. really well. I imagine this is going to be a big week for, you know, double tight end and, um, you know, just play all the, all the studs you can fit well, in. I mean, no, no gray is going to be mega chalk. I'm with you on Harrison Bryant. I think Harrison Bryant's good too. Um, anytime he's got a chance to start, he's produced in, in his career and he's, you know, he's stone men. So yeah, we're going to definitely see some, some, <laughs> some dumpster diving at tight end and a lot of two tight end teams like Ingram and probably one of the grays or Bryant's will, will probably be pretty popular. Yeah. Yeah. Just a uh, very interesting week. 18 is always yeah. a different, it's a completely different feel for DFS. And if you're on top of the news, and all of that Sunday morning, you will have probably a, a bigger edge than you will have most weeks in NFL. Uh, all right, so there's some quick thoughts uh, on DFS. Uh, why don't we talk about a couple of the tools uh, over at Fantasy Points? Who wanted to talk about the O-line, D-line matchups? I've got that pulled up right now. We can talk about what's standing out over there, maybe find a, a couple uh, extra plays for the people. Yeah. So, um, you know, the first thing that jumps out just looking at offensive line, defensive line stuff is, uh, well, on the passing side, I mean, Jordan Love against a major pass funnel. Um, I think he could be a little sneaky in DFS. You know, like we said, a lot of people going to be looking at Dak, a lot of people going to be looking at some of these cheaper quarterbacks. You know, Jordan Love could be a little interesting um, in this spot. And I mean, you know, I still am not sure if Jordan Love is a great quarterback, but the reality is his offensive line has kept him clean enough to the point that he can post great fantasy performances. You look at his game logs and, you know, you'd think, wow, this is a guy who everyone must consider to be pretty good at football. Not the case, but he's had what I'm looking at five games over 20 DraftKings points in his last seven. I mean, he's been pretty strong for fantasy um, on the rushing side of things, you know. Obviously, we need to pay attention to who the 49ers are going to play a running back, what the coach speak is there. My assumption right now is that it's going to be Elijah Mitchell. Um, you know, the 49ers might rest Trent Williams. You could argue that's a negative. But if the Rams rest Aaron Donald, that probably doesn't matter. I think the 49ers rushing game, you know, obviously need to pay attention to news and everything. But this is clearly a spot to attack this week. Um, and then beyond that, I mean, I'm always excited to play these Dolphins running backs, especially in a strong projected matchup. The Buffalo defense runs too high at a top three rate. Tyree Kill has never had a huge game against Buffalo, at least since he joined the Dolphins. Um, I think Miami's going to attack the Bills on the ground, and it looks like a pretty strong matchup for their rushing game. 
I was real. I was really surprised last week uh, after Moster got rolled out. Uh, a chain on uh, he was reasonably owned on Fanduel, and like nobody played on DraftKings, and I, yeah. I, that was a yeah. cash lock for me. It was very confusing when when it flipped over, and he was like twelve to fifteen percent in cash. That was and even, wild. That was yeah, absolutely wild. We do a that. we do a Sunday morning show at like nine thirty, and then when the news came out that Moster was going to be out, I was like, A chain's the best play on the slate. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that. There's no doubt about it. There was like no hesitation there. That was wild. Yeah, yeah. crazy in that. And I expect Mostert back. How how would you dice that up, Jake? Um, between Mostert and A Chain with A Chain probably what or A Chain what is A Chain or A Chan? I forgot what he wanted us to A Chan. A Chan. All right. So sorry about that. Uh, A Chan. Uh, how how would you dice that up with his big performance last week? Mostert's been the touchdown maker all season long. Which one would you want to play? Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, Mostert clearly has better TD equity. You look at the games they've played together, Mostert really dominating those inside the 10 snaps, touches. Um, man, I mean, they both feel like pretty great plays almost every week they suit up together. But yeah, like I said, I think you got to lean with the the touchdown equity. Mostert just a little bit safer of a play as long as he's getting those inside the 10 snaps. All right, Graham, any thoughts on this? Or you want to go to the wide receiver matchup chart? Yeah, no, always good stuff from Jake. We'll uh, we'll talk some receiver matchups here. Um, I, I cannot believe that I'm about to say what I'm about to say, but here we go. Are you guys ready? This is actually know. a pretty good spot for Gabe Davis. Oh. I don't know if you if you can invest U.S. currency into Gabe Davis. Look, it's a new year. You probably don't ever want to bet on Gabe Davis again. Um, but but Britt, we're looking at the bills here. If you want to type in the bills into the search bar, I mean, he's right up here towards the top yeah. overall, but if we want to get the whole team in there, no problem. Yeah. Let's get the whole team in here. Cause this is a part of the effect. So Davis has the best coverage matchup based on the coverages that the dolphins roll out. Dolphins are a zone heavy team run a lot of cover three, cover six, and this has been something I've been on all year. When Gabe is facing zone coverages, he's okay. He's averaging like 1.8 yards per route run, but when he faces man, he's awful. Like, uh, one of the worst wide receivers in the NFL in terms of efficiency. I think Jalen Ramsey is going to shadow Stephon Diggs. And if the Bills are going to do anything outside, it's going to be with Gabe Davis. Uh, Eli Apple replaced Xavier Howard last week, and the Ravens absolutely cooked uh, the replacement with Apple. I don't know if Gabe Davis is good at football, but I do know that when he's in good schematic matchups like this one, I've bet on him a few times and he's come through. Uh, most notably last last time I think was in that Jags game midseason so I, I do like Gabe a little bit uh, I get it again if you want to swear off Gabe in the year I understand uh, looking at the Eagles wide receivers so obviously you know we're talking about are the Eagles frauds what's going on with this offense I, I do know that when they face a team like the Giants that play a lot of one high we're going to want to bet on AJ Brown last week we saw it again Cardinals played a lot of too high AJ Brown kind of got shut down the Giants don't. Giants are going to stick to their one high looks. They were at 56% one high back in week 16 when these two teams played. And A.J. Brown led the team in targets with 11. He had six for 80 receiving. Devonta Smith had the touchdown, but he only had five targets. Uh, A.J. Brown against one high teams to play a lot of men. Uh, I will be betting on some A.J. Brown props in that game for sure this week. I, I was looking at this a little further last week. Just this season alone, 66% of A.J. Brown's total receiving yardage has come against one high safety looks. It's absolutely wild. And he's going to get probably 60%, maybe 50% one high looks this week. So yeah, I'm going to be on A.J. Brown for sure this week. And God help me, I might actually take some Gabe Davis props. If it's in like the, if it's in well, like you, the mid thirties, I might Gabe like Davis it. prop, you take, you ladder, you 
go oh. all the way up the board on Gabe yeah. Davis, like a hundred something yards, a touchdown, everything. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally it's all or nothing. Like he's gonna smash the 36 and a half over and you know go for probably 115, or he's gonna go. The, for the zero. problem is, Graham, there every book is too scared. There are no props yeah. out on a Tuesday night. Yeah. We only have prize picks and underdog. <laughs> we probably won't see many props until like Thursday. I, I think a lot of books are gonna be scared and yeah. There's a lot to weigh this week. Obviously, there's some teams that you know, like the Bills. You got to know Eagles all the are... incentives, right? You got to know yeah. how many oh. how many yards. Uh, who is it? Del- Delvin Cook needs one thousand and thirty six yards to get a two- to make a million dollars. Hey, he's, listen, he's really... Rashad Rashad Penny only needs like fifteen hundred yards to lead the yeah. league in rushing, like I bet on this year. The best know? one I saw was Canarius <laughs> Tony needs three more drops to collect a million dollars. That was a good one. It's not oh real, but that, that, that was a funny one I saw on Twitter. So because he's he's pretty close. Uh, that, that's that's a possibility. Uh, anyway, all right, so there's a couple of the tools over at Fantasy Points, a great site, great articles all year long. Uh, you can still check it out, lots of valuable information over there. Uh, before we get to some of our sports betting uh, information, I need to tell you guys about our props and pick them package uh, over at Roto-Grinders. The experts at Roto-Grinders projections team take our premium stats and comb through the market for any inefficiencies. You can use the model. You can easily see which lines are off, where to find them, and how likely the prop will hit. Based on our tool, you can check out the link in the description for more info. All right, let's get to some of the bets. I've got four. I think Graham and I are on, looks like basically a version of the same one. So let's just get this one out of the way for the people. Uh, Houston Open, this is part of my stands uh, that I had earlier. They were the underdog in this game. I posted it. It's now flipped. Now they're a small favorite, I think, minus one. Uh, But Graham, we're all over them. This one's pretty easy to me. CJ Shroud uh, is just a such a a better quarterback uh, than what the Colts have this year. And even uh, it looks like uh, Noah Brown might not even make it for Houston. We'll have to see what the receiving crew ends up, but I'm just all over Houston this week. I see you're like them too. Just a, a huge quarterback matchup advantage and the running game for the Colts. I think we're going to talk about a Jonathan Taylor under prop, but this Houston defense has been very good against the run all season long, 3.3 yards per carry. Uh, the Patriots are, th- are at 3.2, and I was on a James Cook under last week, and I did some research, and 3.3 yards per carry, 3.2 as well, would be the lowest yards per carry allowed by any team since 2014, right? Like, these are historically good run defenses. Uh, I just think everything's in the Texans' favor here outside of it being an away game, but it's in a dome. Give me Stroud. Give me Nico Collins overs. Give me the Texans. This one's pretty easy, Graham. Yeah, I'm going to be on some Nico overs again this week. Uh, Stroud is at 265 and a half on FanDuel. I think that'll probably be the lowest line we get. I haven't bet it personally, but I think he should lead this. Like, he should be the top guy in the passing yardage markets this week. It's either him or Dak. Uh, I think 265 is a little low for him. I'd have his base projection at least at 275. Uh, I actually took Texans at plus one and a half yesterday. I'm just playing it here at plus one just to get it on the books. Uh, for all the reasons you outlined. I mean, we're just betting against Gardner Minshew, betting on CJ Stroud. Uh, my stand this week is I'm playing Bears at plus three. Uh, I actually I took him at three and a half with Tom Brawley, our betting guy yesterday, but playing it here at three. I like it at three, two. Um, they're just running hot, man. Uh, I've been on Bears defense is like one of the t- better defenses in the league as of late. Um, you know, Jordan Love is, I think, good. I really do. I think the the Packers have found somebody, maybe not a game changer. You know, they haven't found like a Lamar Jackson, but they've definitely found a strong starter. 
That being said, Justin Fields, man, is playing out of his mind right now. This connection with DJ Moore he has is unbelievable. Like literally only Tyreek Hill and uh, Tua and maybe like Stroud plus one of his receivers you could make as a better, more uh, efficient connection uh, this, this over the entirety of the season. Uh, Dak and Lamb has obviously been the best one since week six, week seven. Um, but yeah, man, I, I listen, I, I think, uh, I think DJ Moore and, and Justin Fields are going to absolutely rip the Packers. I like them to play spoilers. Um, I think bears went straight up, uh, but I'll, I'll happily take the three and a half out there. Uh, and I think this is going to just keep getting played down because I bears, bears are a really good team, man. Pat, then they definitely want to play do? spoilers on the Packers. Let's say your prophecy comes true and Justin Fields rips this game up. What do you do if you're the Bears and you're holding on to that number one pick? I think you you have to take the rookie quarterback from the contract yeah. perspective. Yeah, but absolutely. Then, like right, the, you do that, but then what is a team knowing you have to pay just you're gonna have to pay Justin Fields right. at a minimum the Daniel Jones contract, which was already a horrible contract. I think Probably. Fields is better than Daniel Jones, right? So I but like I don't know. You have to trade for him and then pay him. This is the Lamar Jackson conundrum. Nobody wanted to trade for Lamar Jackson, even though he's going to be the MVP next year, because you have to pay him. Oh, man, what a horrible, horrible thing to do to have to pay some of the best players in the league, right? Yeah, it's tricky. I, I think people were just trying to we're trying to get like, you know, <laughs> something to talk about. It's pretty clear what the Bears should do. They should draft a quarterback at number one. Um, you know, just having a rookie contract and a four or five year deal for that long with this team, especially this defense right now. Uh, yeah, you're going to make that move. The fields thing is, is interesting though. Cause like, I don't think Arthur blank is going to be bringing back, uh, Arthur Smith anytime soon for the Falcons. So I, I mean, Atlanta could, you know, with a new coach make a ton of sense. They've got the cap room, uh, wide open division. There's a few teams that like, it, it really would make a lot of sense. I think Atlanta will be the one that everybody links them to though. Yeah, that, that would make a lot of sense, depending on, especially if they get a, a good offensive minded uh, head coach. Uh, Jake, let's get you in here. What are a couple bets you're looking at? And then I'll fire off. I've got three others for you guys other than Houston. Yeah, love that Chicago plus three call. Also love the uh, the Houston play that you guys are on. But going with Philadelphia minus five. I mean, they're still fighting for a division title. And yeah, the Giants have been playing better lately. They have Gerard Taylor, who's pretty good, but they're also still the Giants. I think this is going to close at minus six i mean already a lot of uh five and a halfs on the board and then also got cincinnati minus six this is actually at minus five and a half over at caesars like 15 minutes ago and it just moved but you know cleveland is locked into the five seed like we've noted it's going to be pj walker under center for them maybe cincinnati rests some players i don't think they do um but they have way more to play for here and they have by far the best quarterback in this matchup i mean pj walker versus jake browning i i think that's more than a six point spread to me yeah. Um, all right. So there's a couple of bets from Jake. Uh, real quick, let me throw a couple of mine out there. So I was on the Houston money line. Uh, I'm on Buffalo minus three without question. Uh, I think the Dolphins, they've just gotten absolutely blitzed by every good team this year, uh, except the Cowboys. And that was like a walk-off field goal victory for them. I think the Bills, who already smoked them earlier in the year, can easily take advantage of just a, a banged up Miami defense. They, they keep losing player after player after player on defense. Jalen Waddell, we'll see if he plays. Tyreek Hill still might not be 100%. Uh, we'll, we'll just have to see what happens here. But I'm on the Bills to go in there uh, and in a must-win, what, what probably will be a must-win game for them by the time it rolls out there. Uh, at minus three, there's another guy on scores and odds who's on the money line on this one, so I'm backed up by, one of, by, by someone else who uh, I think is pretty smart as well. 
So we're going to take the Bills minus three. I'm also on the Ravens plus four. What do you guys – is this like a Jim Harbaugh preseason game or John Harbaugh? Because I want to bet on John Harbaugh preseason games, right? He's 24-1 and one since September 4, 2015 in preseason games. This dude, there's no doubt. Like, uh, I guess it's like Mike Vrabel. I guess I'm going to put it. Mike Vrabel's going to have his guys ready to play. You know they're going to play the whole game. Just are they going to be good? Well, the Ravens' backups are still probably – better than a lot of the Titan starters. And you know John Harbaugh is going to have these dudes fired up. He's the king of meaningless games. And I don't know, is this Mason Rudolph, no Matt Canada, joyride going to end here in Baltimore? And this is like the weather for this one. Uh, if I could pull it up, is the worst of the week. It's 39. It's 20 mile per hour winds and it's a rain. This is an ugly, ugly, ugly game. Probably the worst we've seen all year. Maybe that Atlanta Carolina game was pretty bad. Uh, but this one's going to be right up there with some of the worst weather. I'm going to take the Ravens in a meaningless game because they are the king of meaningless games. Uh, I'm expecting them to cover the plus four. Uh, I think it's moving to plus three and a half uh, at a few spots, but uh, I'm on the Ravens. Uh, and then a parlay I've got, I've got the Bucks. So you got to go find your alt line down to two and a half. I mean, the Buccaneers are going to be able to beat the Carolina Panthers complete train wreck. Got shut out last week. Their uh, owners uh, throwing a hissy fit in the owner's box, dumping beer on the Jaguars fans. I mean, uh, a complete joke of a franchise, a team right now. Can't just get sacked every play. Can't complete a pass. Run game stinks. Uh, I'm going to have the Buccaneers minus two and a half, and we're going to pair that with the Cowboys money line uh, just to bring down the juice a little bit. Should be around minus 140. I got that on DraftKings right before the show, so I like that as a little bit of a money line parlay. Uh, real quick, anyone anyone like the Ravens against the Steelers, or is this just like a game you don't want to? I'm, I'm okay taking some of these weird spreads uh, specifically for that Ravens. Uh, they've just been so good in the preseason. Yeah, I don't I don't know if Tyler Huntley versus Mason Rudolph is even I, – I don't think – I think if you want to really reduce it just down to that, I don't think that's worth plus four. Um, mm -hmm. It should probably be three. I think the right line is probably just three. So, so four is probably the best one yeah. uh, out there. I mean, Tomlin though, is like, he's the king of like that he's too. The I mean, king, he's, yeah, he's yeah, the I king agree. of this too. I mean, he's, he's like the Vrabel before Vrabel 17 straight seasons where they've gone 500 or better. I mean, and you look at what they were doing with Matt Canada and yeah. it's just, and Kenny Pickett and, uh, Oh man, I forgot. Now it's Mason Rudolph. What, yeah. what he's been able to do with, a little of a team. I guess you have to give Tomlin credit, right? And the, some Absolutely. of the Pittsburgh players, uh, hats, hats off to them for managing to pull it out. Uh, so there's a couple of the bets we're on. Uh, real quick, let's go to underdog and prize picks. We like to get a couple of these uh, in as well. Because uh, the, the sports books, usually they'll have some props out. They're very, very, very limited. Basically just a few from that Colts-Houston game. But prize picks and underdog. They'll take, uh, they're willing to put the, the numbers out a little bit earlier. I want to get to Jake's because I really like Jake's. I've added the picks I have onto Jake's to a five pick on price picks. So, Jake, why don't you go? Then I'll go, and then we'll get to see if Graham has anything cooking up. Yeah, board for props, pretty tough right now, as we've kind of hinted at. But I like CJ Stroud over 270 and a half passing yards paired with Nico Collins over 72 and a half receiving yards. Colts are a top 10 schedule adjusted matchup for both players. I mean, we've been targeting outside wide receivers against the Colts all year, and it's worked pretty well. This game also has the second highest total of the week. So, you know, solid shootout potential here. It's easy to see a massive day for both guys. And then my final play also from this game is Jonathan Taylor under 80 and a half 
rushing yards. Britt already touched on the Texans run defense being quite strong. They're a bottom six schedule adjusted rushing matchup since week 12 for opposing running backs. Zach Moss could be back in this game. I'd still expect Indianapolis to ride Jonathan Taylor, even if Moss does come back, but that could steal a few carries. And Jonathan Taylor has failed to go over this number in four out of his six games where he's had 15 or more touches. Um, So yeah, feels pretty, I mean, never fun taking an under, but I do feel pretty good about this Jonathan Taylor under here. Yeah, I like those. I I like, uh, especially if you wanted the one prop, I think Graham uh, I'm going to have to go get on that CJ Stroud over. Yeah. I think you said it was on FanDuel. I'm going to get that. Yeah. Yeah. 265 a and a half on FanDuel looks really nice with, with prize pick seven to 270 and a half. I think uh points bet fanatics, whatever you have is, is 265 and a half as well for Stroud. I'm probably going to take that. I can bet about 25 cents on those. So we're going to go to FanDuel. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, let's let's yeah. go over a couple of mine that I'm on. So I'm on Singletary. Uh, we like the passing game. But why not the run game, too? We're, we like the Texans. Let's just take the whole damn offense. Uh, Singletary is 58 and a half on prize picks. I think you can take the over there against the Colts, and I expect them to basically not allow Damian Pierce to touch the football until the game gets out of hand. I expect Devin Singletary to be their lead running back and uh, uh, a running back getting the majority of the work against the Colts at 58 and a half. Seems a little low. And the running back, I think Graham said it, is the best play of the week uh, is Rashad White. And now the line's high for a guy who to start the season had a very difficult time running the ball, but the Buccaneers have figured that out a little bit and it's the cure-all it's the Carolina Panthers. So 72 and a half for Rashad white uh, paired with Singletary. So I've got those two in and then I added all of Jake's plays into that to make a nice five pick over on prize picks. If you put that on underdog underdog, sort of uh, if you correlate the plays now, they take some of the winnings away Uh Price picks started doing it, but it's just a little bit. It's not a lot. So you can still do it on price picks. Uh, the underdog line, uh, much more like a same game parlay you would get on FanDuel or DraftKings. Graham, you got anything from underdog or price picks? There's not a ton out because they're still waiting, yeah. but at least they're not as scared as the sports books to give us the numbers. No, I, I love Jake's pick on on JT, especially in a game where we're not expecting um you know, we're not expecting the Texans to win. You know, these these correlated picks have been just like money in the bank all year. You can also take these picks and, and go over to FanDuel. FanDuel is like the only book that doesn't absolutely kill you on SGP stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, DK everywhere else is gonna is gonna nuke a lot of the odds. So, yeah, a lot of these that, that's the way to play Week 18 is a lot of these these games that are, you know are decent like Colts Texans. You know, uh, find a way to to make correlated bets like the one Jake laid out with. You know, Stroud, Nico overs and a JT under uh, or an over for a Colts receiver. That would make some sense, too. I think that's really the way you have to think through uh, week 18, even more than than the normal, because some of these games, some of these games are going to be pretty bad. Jets, uh, Jets, Patriots, uh, <laughs> that Chargers. Rather that that game's a mess. No. Yeah. Just, yeah that, just give us the Gabe Davis Chargers, overs. We'll call it a week, right? Yeah. That Chargers Chiefs game might be pretty similar, too, uh, <laughs> honestly. So, yeah. Well, all right, guys, uh, it's been fun for a week 18 show. Again, check the weather, check the news later in the show. You're going to want to be on top of it. Your biggest edge you're going to get other than probably preseason DFS, but there's not huge prize pools for that. It's going to be week 18 being on top of all of the news and things like that over the casual player. There will be people playing Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, et cetera, et cetera, in lineups, even in reasonable buy-in large field tournaments uh, on both sites. 
Uh, so you're able to get, uh, we call that rake reduction uh, from those players. So in, until Mahomes to Kelsey goes for a 70-yard touchdown on the first play of the game, there, there's no way Travis Kelsey can get a 70-yard touchdown. Hang on. So what am I What am I even talking about? Uh, all right, that's going to do it for Week 18. We're going to try to be back for a playoff round or two, so stay tuned for information on that. Uh, other than that, Jake, Graham, it's been fun. I'm Britt. Thanks for watching, everybody, and we out you. Thank <laughs> you.